Welcome to Exploring Bible Prophecy with our host, Steve Butler. On today's program, our series entitled, The Second Coming Versus the Rapture, as he opens God's Word to study the difference between the rapture and the second coming. It's time to explore Bible prophecy. Hello and welcome again to Exploring Bible Prophecy. If you've been following along with us uh, in this series on the difference between the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ with his church to the earth, uh, you know that we're in the book of Philippians. So if you would, let's go ahead and get set up for our program today by going to the book of Philippians, and that is in the New Testament, and that is what is uh, grouped uh, in a group of four known as the, um, three of them are basically the prison epistles. And then you have Galatians. So if you would, get into the New Testament in your Bible, and I pray that you do have your Bible with you because that's one of the key things that we learn here on this program is how to study our Bible so that we don't have to listen to man necessarily tell us what's in the Bible, but we can study it for ourselves because um, if you're a brother or sister in Christ, you have the best teacher there is in the whole universe, if you will, and that is the Holy Spirit. And we're told in the book of John, uh, in chapter 16, it says that he wants to lead us into an understanding of all the scriptures. And believe it or not, that's not just the four gospels. That is Genesis to Revelation, all 66 books, the good Good Lord gave us all 66 books because he wanted us to know all about him. And that is the fruit, uh, if you will, of uh, being a good student of the Bible and studying God's word is the more you study it from Genesis to Revelation, the more you understand who God is. You understand what God's will is for the world, what his plans are for the world. And, uh, you know, it tells us in Amos 3, verse 7, you ought to go there sometime and look at that wonderful promise. It says that God does nothing without first telling us. uh, And basically what it's meaning now is through his word. It says through his prophets. But, of course, now the prophets have finished their work. And that finished work is called the the 66 books of the Bible. That uh, he, he tells us what he's going to do. And he does nothing without first telling his prophets are now telling his church through the through the Bible. So what a what a wonderful promise that is that we have as we learn to study the Bible. So as you're uh, looking for uh, Philippians, you'll find the Colossians, and then you get into Galatians and Ephesians, and you'll get to Philippians, and we're in Philippians chapter three. Now, if you uh, have been with us for a while and you've had a chance to download the um, handout that is provided by this radio station, then you've been able to follow along with all of the scriptures that we've had heretofore, and there's many, many more to come as we uh, spend our time here looking at the differences between the rapture and the second coming. If you have uh, not had a chance to do this, then uh, I highly recommend that you go to the radio station website here, and that's whcbradio.org and find uh, Exploring Bible Prophecy, and there you'll find a copy of this series that we're on uh, right now uh, on the rapture and the second coming. Uh, you'll find a number of um, series that we've done, but they, the radio station is 
uh, been particularly uh, gracious about providing the handouts for you so that uh, not only can you uh, follow along during the program, but at your leisure you can go back and explore for yourself. And I uh, highly recommend that you do that on your own because then the Holy Spirit and you can get together one-on-one and that's when your um, understanding really opens up because that's a, that's a wonderful, uh, wonderful time between you and the Holy Spirit. So we've been in, in um, point number five in the handout, and uh, we're beginning to wrap this point up here. It's been a, a long number of um, programs because this is one of the key points in understanding particularly the rapture of the church, and that is that the, the uh, people who are on the earth at the time of the rapture who do not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, those people will not see what's happening. They will see the results of that in the point that there's a large number of people, and I pray it's a very large number, but we don't know. But a large number of people are all of a sudden not going to be there because they're going to be taken up in the rapture. But the point is that Jesus will only appear and allow himself to be seen by people who are believers during the church age. And we know that the church age started with the, the um, at Pentecost back in Acts chapter 2, which happened 50 days after Jesus was um, resurrected from the grave. That's why they call it Penta, 50, uh, Pentecost. And we've spent several uh, previous programs in this series, in this particular point number five, showing that the example that we were given by Christ was the ability that he gave people to see him in his resurrected body during the 40 days that he walked the earth after his uh, glorious resurrection. He was lifted up from the earth in Acts chapter 1 at the 40th day, and then there were 10 more days before the Holy Spirit came and started indwelling, uh, living in the believers, and that's the distinctive marker for the church is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. You'll recall that the Holy Spirit only came on people and could leave people uh, during what are called the Old Testament times, and the Old Testament times are basically up to the creation of the church or, or basically at the glorification of Christ, one and the same. So it came on you but could leave you. But once the uh, uh, Pentecost came, then the Holy Spirit indwelt, and, and John 14 tells us uh, in verses uh, 16 and 17 that the Holy Spirit would indwell and would never leave you. Uh, it's a forever relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and those who uh, had the Holy Spirit on them prior to this that were believers in Jesus Christ as being the Son of the living God uh, were able to see him in his glorified body on a number of occasions. In 1 Corinthians 15, uh, we see in our handout there, verses 5 through 8, we know that at one point up to 500 people saw him at one time that were all believers there in the area of Jerusalem. But uh, Jesus even manifested himself all the way up to the Sea of Galilee when he had the, uh, a number of the apostles go up there and meet him uh, in John chapter 21. So we have the precedent set uh, for this for the 40 days that he showed himself only to believers, and now we see this uh, as also going to be the case at the rapture of the church. 
and we started um, our look at the particular aspects of the rapture and his showing himself only to believers by being in Philippians chapter 3, and that's where we ended our program yesterday was in Philippians 3, verses 20 and 21. So if we could go there in our Bibles and uh, look at verse 20, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory by the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. So that's uh, a lot of information in two short verses there. Let's go back and look at 20. It says, our citizenship is heaven is in heaven. Well, when did that take place? Well, that happened for you as a believer the moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You were seen as being a citizen of heaven, no longer being part of this earth. In other words, your home address changed from this earth to heaven. So now you are basically a, a foreigner, if you will. Uh, we're told over in Ephesians that we're actually ambassadors. So if you're an ambassador, that means that you are in a foreign place that is not your home. And as an ambassador, you are representing your home to this foreign place. And that, in effect, is what you are doing as a born-again believer in Jesus Christ you are representing God who is in heaven, Jesus who is currently in heaven. You are representing what they stand for, which is the gospel, here on this earth. And, and we know from the scriptures, and we've talked about it here, this earth currently uh, is ruled by Satan. And it will not uh, once again become the uh, the kingdom of God and of his son Jesus Christ until right around, it's at the midpoint of the tribulation and going forward uh, when Satan is finally thrown out of heaven. But that's uh, obviously information for another another series. But the key thing is our citizenship as believers is now in heaven. That is now our home that we look forward to. It is the place that Jesus is coming from at the rapture to take us back to. He's actually built a room in heaven for each one of us. And that's in John 14, 1 through 3. And it says in verse um, 20 also that we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's, you know, we're looking for Jesus to come from that place. He's not here on the earth. His Holy Spirit is here on this earth at this point in time. Jesus has gone back to heaven, and he did that in Acts chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, and he's waiting there for his father to tell him to come get his bride. The bride, of course, is his church. So we're eagerly awaiting. If you can imagine, um, particularly if you're a lady, uh, that you're waiting for your um, uh, betrothed, you're waiting for your bridegroom to come get you and take you to the wedding. Uh, so there's obviously an eagerness about that, and that's what we see in verse 20. We're eagerly waiting for the Savior. We don't know when that's going to happen, so that's the eagerness that's involved in this. And then in verse 21, who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory. 
And that was a point that Jesus was trying to make to the apostles and to the believers uh, at the time he was walking the earth for 40 days in his glorified body, that you will be like me. And when you are like me, then we will be together forever. And being together forever means that we will be taken up into heaven because that's where he's going with his church. We will be there with him for at least seven years. We don't know exactly how long, but at least seven years while the wrath of God plays out on the earth in the time called the tribulation. And then we know that when Jesus comes back to the earth, that since we are going to be with him forever, we come back with him at his second coming, as his wife now, and it says uh, in the Bible that we will rule and reign with him. Um, I guess you could say that we're like co-regents with him. He will obviously be king of kings and lord of lords, and he will be sitting on his glorious throne in the fourth temple in Jerusalem, Uh, and I know I'm telling you so many things here that you may not be aware of, and we have uh, series uh, where we get into uh, in-depth detail about pretty much every point that I'm making here. So and that's one of the glories of exploring Bible prophecy is to, to, to read, to study, and to understand so many of these wonderful truths in God's Word. But we are coming back with him, and we'll be here with him for a thousand years uh, during his millennial reign here on the earth. And then when the earth is renewed, the Bible tells us that we will go back and we'll be in the new Jerusalem that will be coming out of heaven. And that's in Revelation chapter 21, we'll be coming out of heaven to the earth. And that's where we'll be with the Lord because that's where he is uh, for eternity. So we have a wonderful uh, picture that has been given to us, a picture based on truths from God about what our future looks like. And that future begins with um, our relationship with Jesus Christ, and then it's realized at the rapture of the church. And that is when our body, according to Philippians 4, verse 24, or Philippians 3, verse 24, tells us that our body will be conformed into the body of Jesus, which is uh, glory, that we will be like him in our uh, eternal state. So let's move from Philippians chapter 3, and let's dig a little bit deeper here, explore a little bit more um, about this being with Jesus in our raptured bodies and what that's going to look like and the fact that we will only be the ones seeing him, and that would be uh, next in 1 John. So let's go to 1 John in our Bible, and if you have to work your way back towards uh, towards Revelation in the end there, and you'll find Hebrews, uh, then James, and then you'll find First and Second Peter. And then right after Second Peter, you get into First John, and it's the first of three books that John wrote, First, Second, Third John. John also wrote the Gospel of John, and then John also wrote uh, Revelation, that wonderful book of Revelation. So Really, he's the second most prolific author in the New Testament uh, after Paul, Paul being by far the most prolific, having written just short of half the books in the New Testament. So in 1 John chapter 3, if you'd turn there with me, and let's look at um, verses uh, 1 through 3. 
It says in verse 1, See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us, that we would be called children of God, and such we are. For this reason the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him just as he is. And everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself just as he is pure. So we see from 1 John chapter 3 here that as children of God, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have a set of spiritual eyes and a set of spiritual ears that allow us to see and discern and perceive things that the world can't see. And one of the key things that is included in what the world can't see is Jesus coming for his church and the fact that we are going to be raptured up to him. They will not see Jesus come. They will not see the church leave. They will only see the result of of our leaving uh, as the only thing that they can determine something has changed here. So we have another confirmation here, just as we had in all those passages we've studied in the last several programs, showing that just as it was at the time of Jesus walking the earth for 40 days in his glorified body, it will be the same thing again when he comes for his church, that we will see him, but because we are children of God and the world cannot understand us, it cannot know us, in this case, it will not see us either. And that's uh, that's a miraculous promise that we have uh, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, we now want to answer a question from a listener. So we'll pick up in this uh, series at point number five, and we'll pick up in uh, a review of 1 John chapter 3 the next time we meet. We have a question from a listener in Moccasin Gap. And I'm guessing Moccasin Gap must be up in southwest Virginia somewhere. I've got to look that up on the map. His question is, do we know what the new Jerusalem will look like? Do we know what the new Jerusalem will look like? And, of course, we know that that's the home. That's the home address for those who believe in Jesus Christ. That's the home of the church that we will go to when we're raptured. So let's see if we can answer the question from this for this listener from Moccasin Gap. The New Jerusalem is where the church calls home. The moment that you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, your spiritual address changes from this earth to the new Jerusalem in heaven. And to see that, let's go in our Bibles to Philippians. Go to Philippians, and if uh, you've got your Bible, and I pray that you do, go to the New Testament. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, then you'll go through the Corinthians, first and second. Then you'll get into these short books, starting with Galatians and then Ephesians, And then you get into um, Philippians, and that's where we want to be in Philippians chapter 3. And in Philippians chapter 3, looking at verse 20, it says, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's telling us that we have a citizenship somewhere else other than this earth. 
And I, I don't know if you've ever thought about it before, but uh, heaven is a location that you uh, will you call home because that's where it's been promised you will go uh, when you see Jesus face to face at the rapture. So you basically have a change of address from this earth because you no longer belong to this earth. You live here, but you're now a foreigner, if you will. You're now an alien in a place you used to call home before you knew Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But one of the wonderful, many wonderful aspects of being a Christian is this is no longer your home. This is a planet, an earth that is ruled by Satan. He has ruled it since the fall in the garden, and he will continue to rule it until Jesus Christ takes it from him. And that will happen during the tribulation and the second coming of Christ. But up until that point, we are only foreigners on this earth with a responsibility to be evangelists representing our home um, location, our home country, if you will, as Hebrews talked about it with, uh, with Abraham, that our, our home is now in heaven. And we see that in Philippians chapter 20. Uh, and if you go to 2 Corinthians, go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So we go back to the left, past Galatians, uh, Ephesians, Galatians, and then we get to 2 Corinthians. So you're not too far away back to the left. And go to chapter 5. And go down to chapter uh, 5, verse 20. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 20, and it says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. He made himself who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So it's basically telling us that we are ambassadors from our new home, which is in heaven, which is the new Jerusalem. So that's a, that's a, a, a wonderful thought that we have. Um, and we, the thought that we have is we think on the truth, if you will, that we find in John, in John chapter 14. And we won't go there because we've been there any number of times. It's one of the rapture passages. And it tells us in John 14, 1 through 3, that we will... Um, be taken up to a place where Jesus has already gone. He's gone back up to his father's house in the new Jerusalem, and he's building rooms for us, preparing rooms for us. And it tells us in John 14 that he will come back for us, which is the rapture, and he will take us with him to be in that new Jerusalem for a period of time. And then, of course, it says we come back to the earth with him we see that in Revelation 19. So wherever Jesus is from that point on, that's where we will be because we will be his wedded wife. So another point that needs to be made here about the New Jerusalem, knowing that that's our home, is that it's not the millennial temple that's located in Jerusalem, as some people teach. Uh, that's the place where Jesus will rule the earth from as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But that is not our home. Our home is in the new Jerusalem, as it is for Jesus. But when he comes down here to rule and to reign, 
we will be down here with him, but our home will still be the new Jerusalem. So let's go to to uh, Revelation 21, and let's uh, take these last few minutes here that we have to uh, look at the description, and it's an exquisite description that the revelator John gives us of the new Jerusalem that's going to, it is our home that will come down out of heaven to the earth uh, at the end of the millennial kingdom. So in Revelation chapter 21, starting at verse 9, it says in Revelation 21, verse 9, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me, saying, Come here, and I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And, of course, that's the uh, the church and talking about our home. Verse 10, And he carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her brilliance was like a very costly stone, as a stone of crystal clear jasper. It had a great and high wall with twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels. The names were written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel. Verse 13, There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. And the wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Verse 15, The one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its walls. Verse 16, The city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as its width. And he measured the city with the rod, 1,500 miles, its length and width and height were equal. So 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles by 1,500 miles. And he measured its wall 72 yards, 72 yards according to human measurements, which are also angelic measurements. The material of the wall was jasper, and the city had pure gold like clear glass. The foundation of the city walls were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation stone was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth uh, chrysophras, the eleventh uh, jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. amethyst. 21, the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. And it said, I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are in the temple. And there was no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God had illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. So it tells you in uh, very clear terms here what the uh, temple, uh, New Jerusalem, not the temple rather, but the, the New Jerusalem will look like when it comes down of, out of heaven. And that, of course, is the home of all those who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Remember, if we don't talk again, I'll be seeing you in the air. 
Thank you for joining us on today's Exploring Bible Prophecy. Exploring Bible Prophecy is a production of WHCB. Learn more at whcbradio.org.